0: Welcome back to Are You Wearing Pants, where we check in via Zoom on personalities in the advertising and media world to find out how they're coping professionally and personally during the pandemic and the harsh long-term lockdowns we're all experiencing.
1: As we record this podcast, much of New South Wales and Victoria are still in hard lockdown after many months and news of Australia's tough lockdown rules are making headlines around the world. So how are we all coping working from home? How are we managing balancing family and work life? And how's our mental health doing? In this
0: episode of Are You Wearing Pants, we check in on Esther Clarahan, who is undoubtedly the industry's best and most loved creative recruiter. Esther has always worked from home on her own, so no change there. But how is she coping? And how is business going recruiting creatives in these tumultuous times? Hello, Esther. How are you? I'm good. I would say most of our listeners know who you are and what you do. You probably represent most of them. (laughs) But for those who don't, can you explain who you are and what you do within our industry?
2: Well, I'm Esther Clarahan. I've been in creative recruitment and talent for about 35 years. So it's weird to describe because it's massive. Yeah, that's it. I work on my own, I work from home. My office was COVID ready because I had no staff and I was working from home anyway. Right.
0: So you, you've you always uh, worked for yourself. Have you never had people working for you or with you?
2: It was by design. Yeah. When I left the last place I worked for, I was like, right, I'm going to do this for myself, by myself. I don't know why I never had the ambition to grow. I think it's because I just like doing the actual job and I didn't want to end up managing other people to do it.
0: It's interesting. You should say that. I think Nick and I are very similar. I mean, yeah, a lot of sound companies have grown to the point where, you know, the people who are originally on the tools are now running it. Well, I would never give up the tools. We love what yeah, we do. it's a
2: different skill set. So, yeah. and good on them because many have done it and done it well, but mm. it's just not something that I was driven to do to grow the brand.
0: Well, you've done very, very well on your own, so I don't think you need to worry about that. We can see you now working from home, and you just said that's where you've always been. So no changes for you during lockdown?
2: Not always at home, but for 19 years, I think it is. The changes, I, I went to Melbourne, and I did most of the lockdowns in Melbourne. Right. I took the car down. I got caught there during that grim stage four last year and came back exactly a year ago, I think today.
1: So you were stuck there, were
2: you, when you went down there? Well, yeah, because they closed the borders. And it was good because like, remember a year ago or a year and a half ago when this thing hit, we're all like, what's going to happen? There were layoffs and all sorts of fear. And I think we've adjusted since then. But I thought, well, you know, my sister can't look after Mum on her own. I better get down there because, again, I can work from anywhere. And then it all closed, and I was stuck. So getting back was a major operation. Like I had to put the car on a truck, I had to <laughs> put the dog into a daycare, do the hotel quarantine, get everything sent up.
0: Were you just intending to go there for a couple of weeks or something? And
2: well, little st- stints of a few weeks yeah. because I was driving. You don't really want to do that drive and turn around quickly. Anyway, came back and I had 20 people. People over, this was early October, my birthday last year in Sydney, 20 people in the house after doing all that grim winter lockdown in Melbourne. It felt amazing.
1: That would have been unbelievable. Just quickly, on the hotel quarantine, you're the first person we've spoken to who's been through hotel quarantine. What was that like? Um, That must have been quite an out there experience.
2: It is, but you're two weeks in a hotel room. I mean, it's not prison.
1: (laughs) Some people act like they're dying in there like it's the end of the world.
2: I I would have loved to heard some bird noise and opened a window and things like that. But I was getting really nice deliveries every day from from great friends and also, you know, treats for myself Mm. and ordering in food and, I brought in my own martini glass and vermouth. Yeah,
1: the essentials. So, yeah, rock the quarantine.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Like a ritual, ring up for the ice, have the ice sent up, make a martini and settle in. I thought I'd watch every show and just be in a deep dive into Netflix. I worked, and I thought I'd get really fat because I just <laughs> gave myself two weeks off because I so I ate crap as well as good food. I came out normal. Mm, oh, good. It's not something to whinge about unless you've got some issue about being in an enclosed space. And I, I was in not a great hotel in Darling Harbour. It wasn't like I was in. Fancy luxury.
0: Well, it's good that you managed to get back out and get back into life in Sydney. And then, of course, we got closed down.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: we've been talking to various different people in the industry editors, producers, creatives. You touched on something just now about the first lockdown. There were layoffs. Did, did you mean in our advertising industry?
2: Yeah. I think everyone was scared mm. and we'd just come out of the fires. Things were looking like going into a recession anyway, not because of the fires, but just mm. it, the year was looking a little bit shaky. So when it happened, I think there was an overcorrection, like a lot of layoffs and things. And then when JobKeeper came in. So yeah, at the, at the beginning, there was the layoffs and the a general feeling of the unknown. And I think People were scared and, I mean, we were wiping down groceries. and
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was full on. It
2: was another level of fear. I did two weeks of self-quarantine before the government asked because I was in New Zealand when it all went crazy. Flew back in and realised I had to go to Melbourne. So I quarantined for two weeks before I drove down just because of my mum to protect her. Then all of that kind of came mandatory. Yes, it came in hard. I think that there was a, a massive fear. And then, so my business went to zero for some weeks.
0: Well, I wondered, where, you know, if, if people are being laid off and things are looking shaky, you know, people aren't going to come running right then to get a job, are they? I don't know how, yeah. how it works.
2: I thought it was going to be my first pure enforced holiday and, and I could actually just turn off the devices and just have a break in Melbourne looking after mum. But anyway, it didn't really happen like that because you have to do a lot of calls with people, reassurance or giving them ideas of what to do and how to cope. Very quickly, though, freelance came in. Mm. People were finding that they were picking up a lot of freelance, even though job market still hadn't moved. And then I noticed, because I'm not really in the freelance business, but then the freelancers I had out there, they were all getting hired. And then the briefs started coming. And then this has been over a year of just being flat out and the job market has gone nuts.
0: Well, that's interesting. So everybody was running scared, You know, not just our our industry, the whole world was all very new. So you've found in your world, it's now been busy since then because of what's been going on in our world?
2: Look, I'm not an economist and I just react to what's going on, but I think it might be a combination of people having that extra cash for not travelling and also JobKeeper really helped. I mean, it made some people bloody rich.
1: <laughs> yeah a lot of people came out of the first lockdown in a better position than when they went into it <laughs> so yeah it definitely helped and people had that extra money didn't it
2: they did. and that's not to say there aren't a lot of people doing it tough there are still a number of people yeah. who are doing it tough especially in the gig economy or um, performing arts and i mean my cleaners, I won't have them back because they live in one of the LGAs and uh, they're not vaxxed yet. But I've been setting aside the money for them when they come back. Oh,
1: that's great! That's fantastic. Well,
2: yeah. it's the right thing to do, but and I'm not very good at cleaning, I've discovered <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yes, it's going to be good when they come back because there'll be this pile of cash on the table. But well, how does that yeah. help them now when mm. they actually need it? So I can be quite positive about my situation and a lot of the people I know, but I am also aware of the privilege of that and that there are a lot of actors, comedians, musicians, cleaners.
1: Yeah, we had a voiceover artist come in yesterday who's also an actor and he's he's literally had to pivot. He's just said, look, everything just dried up. He was auditioning for parts in films in Queensland and then the borders locked down and it was just like, well, I've got three kids I've got to look after. So he's pivoted into another another career.
2: Gladys should have put out a call for contact tracers to be, you know, the out of work.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's true.
0: So your main focus is putting creatives into full-time employment. Do you yeah. do that worldwide or is your focus on Australia?
2: My focus is Sydney, Melbourne, and I've done... Over the years, I've done quite a bit overseas, but I wouldn't call it a focus. And it's a bit of luck and timing and contacts and things. But yeah, a lot in America, historically a bit in Asia and New Zealand, I mean, for, for one person, pretty good, but for a company.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we spoke to Renata, head of TV at DDB yesterday, and she yes. was saying that they at DDB haven't necessarily had a problem, but they're aware that there's a, a lack of creatives out there available at the moment. She said it's really very hard to get good creatives. Of course, there's freelancers, and we know some very good freelancers who've gone from one post to another throughout the last you know yes. year or two. Is your reaction to that? Yes, it is busy out there and everyone is in jobs.
2: I've never seen it busier. In 35 years. I can absolutely say that it's a talent war. I've seen some people, people who are underpaid are not underpaid anymore for the most part. Let's put it that Mm. way. And some people are probably overpaid as a result.
1: Mm. A lot of the talent went back at home, didn't they? Apparently they were saying that it's harder to get overseas talent, obviously, because of the international lockdown.
2: Well, not that many left here last year because here was really good. Remember, we had Hollywood in Australia. I mean, you couldn't pay them to come here now. But yes, it's become quite difficult for the traffic flow. Some people took jobs overseas but were based in Australia or still are. Some. Have persisted with that, and some chucked in the towel because they just couldn't handle the hours.
1: Because mm. of, yeah, time time differences and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: it's a it's massive through the through our winter and their summer. It's a massive difference, mm. especially in Europe and the east coast of the US. Mm.
0: So the business is in a uh, well, the advertising industry in Australia sounds like it's in a good place. We spoke to somebody the other day, and he reckons twenty twenty two is going to be a bumper year because there's uh, lots of jobs that have been cancelled but been put on ice and they're flowing through slowly and then when the gates open up it's going to kick off. Would you say that next year is going to be a big one?
2: Well I hope so. I do know that a lot of shoots have been held up Just before they were about to happen, I hope they go ahead. I Mm. hope that we just fire the pistol and off everyone goes again. If you spoke to me 12 months ago, my answers would be different from today. So I'm just going to bet that they're different again in 12
0: months. (laughs) Well, I mean, I hope it keeps going. We've been
2: same, yeah.
0: (laughs) And I think everybody's hoping that you know we we will come through this, which you know hopefully it's only a few more weeks here in Sydney. Anyway,
2: are you joking? Are you kidding? We're in this for years. Well, what I
0: mean is a lockdown.
2: Oh, no, we'll go back in. This is, it's a a joke that we're opening up, in my Mm. opinion. I was speaking to someone in New York the other day and she said they're all double vaxxed. They've all gotten really sick with COVID. Mm. Mm. Not hospital sick, but we're aiming for pretty much the lowest end of the lowest, because we're calling it 70% or something, but it's only of the eligible population. Mm. I think if we relax it's going to come in really hard and i that i, I worry yeah. about that i worry that we're going to go a bit nuts mm, yeah and then lockdown again i i really want to travel i really you I know i desperately yeah. want to yeah and of course this is the longest i've had in my house since i've lived here because of being you know in lockdown in Sydney yeah. it'd be nice to go back down and see mum she's 91 so yeah. I, I as soon as i can i will
1: and with home life what's it like at home have you got anything you do to change things up a bit to oh, make yeah. yourself not go so crazy during the lockdowns have you got so a project or
2: I- I always wanted a dog, but because I traveled so much Sydney, Melbourne and overseas and whatnot, I never got one. I, as soon as I got off the plane from Auckland in March last year, looking, 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 Isaac came into my life in early April last year. What sort of breed is Isaac? He's a Groodle, and he's Isaac, and, uh, he's Isaac the Groodle on Instagram. He has <laughs> He's over at daycare today. He's down the beach. He's having a great life. But because he's never really experienced being alone, <laughs> Apart, apart from his fun trips, I'm getting another dog next week, so I'm going zero. Wow. Whoa,
0: that's your uh, lockdown project?
2: <laughs> that's my lockdown project. So yeah. she's she's going to be a four-and-a-half-year-old Cavalier ex-breeder, and so she'll require a huge amount of adjustment and care to go from, you know, living in an outdoor kennel and just mm. being used for breeding to full access to the sofa and
1: Retirement Mm. from breeding.
2: (laughs) So that's the biggest change. And and related to that, I've been vegetarian since I was four years old. Wow. I wouldn't cook meat for anyone in my whole life. I cook chicken. Right.
1: Right. Oh, yeah? So you're eating meat for the first time?
2: Oh, God, no. Not for me. What do you mean?
1: Oh. Okay. Right, for the dog.
2: I buy the human chicken in the supermarket. I cook it up for the dog and he eats some organic chicken (laughs) breasts.
0: That's my my dog too. So now I know, well, I'm going to hazard a guess that most of your work is done on on the emails and and on the phone. But I can also say that probably, because I've seen you out and about, you have quite a lot to do with networking and socialising and turning up to events and all that sort of stuff. With all that out of the way, has that affected your business? And also your personal life, because I know you, you know, you love those.
2: Yes, of course. I'm very lucky that I live in a hood where there's a few friends and ad people and whatnot. I I had a career counselling session in the park with a guy walking past the other day and, uh, he said, "Oh, can we can we just have a bit of a chat about my future?" And yeah, so it's going on around, but yeah, I really I miss the events. I miss going and meeting in a, you know, secret little bar and having a martini and chat to people. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's the human contact you can't make up for that. And on that, I think the people who are really affected by it are you know, onboarding into these new jobs at the two different levels of if you're coming in as a chief creative officer in ECD or something like that and you've got to bring the staff together but you're doing it in lockdown, I think you have to find ways to connect with people, find ways to sort of introduce your brand of culture and get to know people, which is really hard to do. through. So
0: difficult, yeah. Especially
2: if, say, it's a big creative department and you're coming into it. But the other one, and the, this is a more critical long-term issue, I think, is the juniors come Coming into creative departments, if you think back to when you were in your first job, how much you learned from just watching people. Yeah. And you might not be in that meeting, but you were watching the the machinations going on around the office or you watched someone solve a problem really quickly. Just a lot of stuff happens through osmosis in your first few years and I think that we have to be very mindful of this last year and this year's first Job people have had very limited access to that level of learning.
0: Yeah, and we should that's a very good point.
2: find a way to make that up to them when, when we're back in offices.
0: I mean, I think we're, we're all used to Zoom and Teams and all the others. We've done, all of us done many meetings on them and we're getting better at it. People still forget to hit the mute button and so on, but we're getting <laughs> better at it. But do you want to get back to normal in real life? Are you going to continue doing stuff through Zoom, for instance?
2: Yeah, Zoom works for an ongoing meeting, but yeah, I would like to, if I don't know a team or or an individual very well, or we really have to sit down and work out a plan about something. I want to do that face-to-face, not on the screen.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Is there anything in particular that has been affected lockdown pandemic-wise in terms of placing somebody where you go, well, that wouldn't have happened because of this? Are there any instances in your world where you can think, well, that person got that job because of lockdown or through you know, the pandemic?
2: Not really. No. I think that the market's very buoyant and it's, it, it's very active and some people are getting paid more as a result, which is it's good because the thinking at the very beginning was to sort of screw people and to hold on to talent they've had to pay for them.
0: Hi, folks. We're going to take a very quick breather to give a shout-out to a fantastic initiative that Will Alexander talks all about in our chat with him. It's called Talk Club.
1: Talk Club is a
0: talking and listening club for men. It's a male mental fitness movement. Talk Club is a community of men looking after each other, a support network for ways to keep mentally fit. It's here to remind all men that they are not alone, that other men feel exactly the same way they do. And if we share our feelings, we can become mentally strong. Together, we can change the way we look after our mental health and end suicide search talk club sydney on facebook or go to wetalkclub.com for other clubs around the world
2: i did have one more thing that i wanted to say about coming out of lockdown just anecdotally i've noticed when a lockdown finishes and people come out into the world i think we do need to be very mindful of mixing alcohol with just putting people together when they've been Sequestered for a while. So, in other words, if you have a Cup Day function or an Australia Day function or a Christmas function, I think every agency should be really mindful that there's almost a schoolies mentality of letting loose and being monitoring that situation and making sure that people are safe. Because I do know some stories of people just not being themselves, getting a bit uh, whether it's through nerves or lack of experience or just being a bit overwhelmed. You put alcohol into that, and People's guards down and everything. Shit can happen, mm-hmm. and I think we know that when when it's something as like schoolies, we know that the kids are going to let loose, and we protect them from it. Mm. I think we're going to have a bit of that with the grown ups coming out of lockdown.
0: Yeah. I think you're right yep. and,
2: and and I do know a couple of stories like that Where people have sort of said or done things That they shouldn't have One was, you know, a girl I know ran into traffic She, was, she got so overexcited oh, and, and got hit by a car And then another guy I know Just was very nervous Because he'd been, you know, onboarded during lockdown And this was his first chance to mingle with the agency he Had too much to drink Acted like a bit of a dick And he lost his job That's awful And he's fine now But it's just, those are real Foreseeable outcomes, if if you think about them, and I I just I don't think people have put much thought into that yet.
0: Well, we've we've spoken to quite a few different people, and almost well, all of them have said that the companies they work from, some of them do work for themselves or a small company, but say for instance a, a large you know WPP or a DDB or somewhere like that, the companies are looking after people. And we heard the other day that every staff member got got a big box of goodies, vegetables and fruit, and also and chocolates and so on. I love that You know, that people stuff. are doing that, and they're keeping in touch and we spoke to Aunt Melda who uh, runs Coco Gun and he said on, on Fridays they all get together on Zoom and they have a drink before they all clock off for the weekend and you know those sort of catch-ups are still going on and people are really aware yeah, of it.
2: It's so important. Yeah. It's so important but I think that w- maybe we forget that it is different when we're in person and not everyone is. We don't know how we're going to be until we're in that situation. You don't know how the Mm. lockdown's affected you until you're out of lockdown.
1: Yeah. It's true. There is, you know, there's going to be some lasting issues coming out of lockdown. You know, when you're when you're cooped up for all that time, coming out, there's going to be a transition phase for sure.
2: And and the people who've done it tough with either homeschooling or living alone in an apartment building or something like that, we need to be really mindful of every individual's circumstances. And some people have really done well out of it, um, and others haven't. So, as I said, I think we'd have a different view in a year. And Mm. it'll be really interesting if you visit it again in you know, Well, in well let's hope
1: that we don't go back into lockdown and your prediction's not right after we open up. Yeah, well, you're right,
0: though. We're going to be living with this for probably for the rest of our lives. I hope my grandchildren won't be living with it. But yeah, well, listen, it's been great to talk to you. I love your vibe. You've got a um, really good positive outlook on things and, and obviously a bit of uh, care and attention for those people that you've helped through uh, their career. And let's hope they all get out of this and we can all get back to whatever normal is.
2: Just having a marty. In a I'll be happy. All right, well, thank you for having me. Thanks for talking. Thanks very
1: much. Enjoy your martini.
2: (laughs) Yeah, great to see you guys. See ya.
1: Bye. Bye. If you've got an interesting or funny lockdown story you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you and get you on the podcast. Get in touch at contact at smithandwestern.com.au.